Thank you for joining us at the Roundtable. Brought to you by Community Education Arts, a nonprofit organization based in Noblesville, Indiana. I'm Alice Cavanis Gober, president of CE Arts. And I'm Sarah E. Morin, secretary of CE Arts. Let's sit down at the Roundtable. Welcome back to this year's NICE discussion. We've talked a little bit about uh, W. Somerset Mon, and I had originally picked the Razor's Edge from 1944, and we had discussed the possibility of the Painted Veil from 1925. Mm -hmm. And the Painted uh -huh. Veil, um, dysfunctional couple story in a nutshell, let's just say that. Um, it, uh, it's, it's a pretty well-known book slash, you know, movies whatever it's it's been around a while um as far as i know um from there's at least three films 1934 which i believe was greta garbo's version um the seventh sin from 1957 and the painted veil from 2006 so right up to 2006 much more modern so that's a possibility the razor's edge um I like a spiritual quest focus kind of thing. And um, I think that would be interesting to discuss from this book, as well as the women in this story might be an interesting discussion. Basically, it's a story of a man, Larry Darrell, who's an American pilot traumatized by his experiences in World War One. And he sets off in search of some transcendent meaning in his life. And so it begins uh, kind of through the eyes of Larry's friends and acquaintances as they witness his personality change after the war. And his rejection of conventional life and search for meaningful experience allows him to thrive, um, you know, throughout a, a time period where some of his friends who are more materialistic suffer reversals of fortune. So it's kind of interesting that way. He, it, it does take him on a journey. There's a lot going on. Um, he moves to Paris. He becomes a bohemian, all this kind of stuff. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, he also goes to, uh, bum, 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 what is the location? Oh, well, he goes to an Indian um Bag Bagwam, you know, I, you know, a spiritual leader. Um, and so this is how Mon is able to introduce the reader to, I may not be pronouncing this right, Advaita philosophy. I'm not, I'm not sure of the pronunciation, but um, there's the characters in the book that are the, the guru uh, that, that, that is based on a real life person. And so that would be interesting to talk about. And, um, there's just a lot of finding yourself, you know, that, that kind of common finding a, a higher spiritual meaning, uh, letting go of the material world. That's kind of his, um, Larry's journey. Uh, there are two very interesting women in the book, um, and that the, the complex relationships he has with both of them uh, would make a lot of good uh, fodder for discussion. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but um, because, you know, if we're not going to pick this, then Isabel and Sophie don't really matter that much. <laughs> but it would be interesting um, because they are, there's kind of like a good girl and a bad girl, if you will, in, in this story. And, and not necessarily identified by their behavior, by their I, their relationships with Larry, but just kind of like 
uh, how they fit into the story. One is a slightly better person, if you will, than the other. And so there's, there's some interesting things going on with that. Um, anyway, so that, that one in the painted veil, I think would be interesting, uh, either or. I'm, I'm, I think his writing style is easy enough to read, and I don't think either of these are super long books. Um, no. Passage to India is not very long, and I, I don't have a copy of The Painted Veil handy, but I don't think it's super, super it's long. Now, The Painted Veil focuses more on a main female character, Kitty Garston, um, and so it's her story. Uh, she's kind of like a upper-middle-class debutante who squanders her early youth in, in, you know, living this social high life kind of in a dissipated manner. And her her domineering mother attempts to control and 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 you know kind of curtail her wild side, if you will. So it has a lot to do with um, uh, Kitty's kind of not not so happy life. I don't know. It's <laughs> bad things happen, you know. <laughs> and she sort of finds her way in the end, if you will. I, 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 without giving away too much, we'll say that. But um, there's a lot going on in this uh, story. Definitely. I think we'd be, be fair to say that, yeah, it, it is about a, a dysfunctional relationship and a couple who does awful things to each other. One commits adultery and the other one in vengeance says, well, then we're going to move uh, to a place where I hope you'll get malaria and die. Yeah. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, these are, these are older. Uh, both the Mon books are written in, you know, the thirties, the twenties or thirties. Um, I can't remember. Let me look. Painted Veil was earlier than Eraser's Edge. Do I have the date for the Painted Veil? 25 1925 and um the other one was 1930 something i think 44. um so two two decades almost in between these writings um uh so but but they all have elements of you know travel journey uh literal and spiritual so i think both of those would be interesting um right. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Kitty actually has a wonderful arc of growth. Um, the movie ends her arc of growth a little bit more decisively than the book does. She definitely backslides in the book. Mm -hmm. But um, I also think that there is with the couple, I mean, people who are doing horrific things to each other, they do come closer to actually being functional at one point in the book. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I think it's an interesting commentary on relationships and particularly her, her growth arc is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the book, she basically, you know, backslides, but then, you know, in her, in her moral, you know, decisions and everything. And, but then she, at the end of the, at the end, end, end of the book, she, she wants to just bring up her child, you know, to hopefully not make the mistakes that she's made, which good luck with that because kids will not, you know, will always reinvent the wheel, you know, but, um, it would be interesting, uh, the painted veil or the razor's edge. I'm, I'm a little, uh, more attracted to the razor's edge for some reasons. Um, but, they're both stories of a main character who is trying to find their way in the world and 
in totally different ways and totally different paths, but, you know, the sense of themselves is not clear. It's a journey they're going on to find that sense of self. And, and I, I think you're right that Kitty's story doesn't quite resolve as neatly as Larry Darrell's does, but um, interesting. And then the last one I have on my list, I might as well just go right into it, is one of my favorite books of all time, 1994's Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Barrent. And one of the great things about this is that it is a nonfiction novel. This is based on true events. Um, and it's fascinating. A lot of people have seen the movie uh, that came out in when, I know somewhere on here I have... I have adaptation. Do 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 do. Hmm. Maybe not. Thought I did. Oh well. Anyway, most people have seen Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil with Kevin Spacey and I want to say was it Jude Law? I can't remember. Anyway, it's a, a pretty interesting story. It, not to give away a lot of everything, but uh, uh, plots and everything. It is the story of an antique dealer, wealthy, you know, antique dealer on trial for the murder of a male prostitute. It's subtitled, I love a subtitle, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, a Savannah story. So, um, you know, it's it's been on, it was on the New York Times bestseller list for a long time. Oh, 1997, Clint Eastwood directed the film, I just remembered. Um, and they changed a lot of the characters' names to, uh, to protect privacy, which I think was uh, pretty funny because, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the book was that careful. But a little bit of background, it's, a, it's very atmospheric. There's a lot of deep south coastal and southern gothic kind of eccentric personalities in and around the city of Savannah, Georgia. Very, very atmospheric novel, uh, or nonfiction novel, I should say. So the central narrative, the central plot concerns the shooting of Danny Hansford, who is a local male prostitute, characterized as a good time not yet had by all, which is a funny quote, I think, but kind of awful in a way. Um, and it's, he is involved with a respected antiques dealer, Jim Williams. Jim Williams was the Kevin Spacey role in the movie. And uh, so it follows four murder trials, in real life, there were four murder trials. Um, the book highlights a lot of uh, Williams' version of the killing, um, which he claimed self-defense. Uh, and so it has to deal with that idea of self-defense, murder, premeditated murder, what's going on? Um, it's, it's almost like a mystery, I guess you could say, even though it's based on true events that you could Google and look up and find out everything about. The book reads like kind of like a mystery story. And it also highlights some notable Savannah residents in real life, including the Lady Chablis, a local transgender woman, a club performer and entertainer. And Lady Chablis kind of provides a Greek chorus kind of voice in the story, as well as a lot of lighthearted contrast to some of the more serious stuff that goes on in the book. Um, she has her own chapter, um, you know, it, it's pretty cool. So I, I, I love the Lady Shibley. She's awesome. Uh, so um, did you do real life events that occurred in the 1980s? It reads like a novel. 
Um, and it, it takes liberties rearranging the sequence of true events in time. So it is based on true story with some, what do you call that, uh, poetic license taken. Um, anyway, I really, I love the way the book is, is written. I love this style of Barrett's writing in this book and that uh, I just think there's a lot to go on with that. There's even like, you know, voodoo, hoodoo stuff in this. I mean, it's very, um, the title is alludes to the hoodoo notion of midnight, the period between uh, the time of good magic, 1130 p.m. to midnight to the time of evil magic, midnight to 1230. So midnight to one to, you know, that 1130 to 1230 at night is is the midnight in the garden of good and evil time frame so um most people are familiar with the cover of the book the famous bird girl statue that's that's something that people will recognize um i i just love that book and so i had to include it because it's like a mystery story it deals with homosexuality it deals with social class an socioeconomic class because obviously Jim Williams is wealthy and Danny is not, you know, and so there's some elements of power and control in that relationship that are interesting. There's a transgender character, which is, you know, something we haven't really dealt with before. So I, I just had to put it on my list. Yeah, this one's intriguing. Um, we've never done a nonfiction novel. Mm-hmm. We have done a book set in the South, but not one that's relatively modern. Yeah, and I like yeah, that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and while we have done a little bit with LGBTQA plus, it's been more in the lives of the authors or <laughs> through horrific characters like Dracula. So it'd be yeah. nice to have something that's more humanizing. Yeah. <laughs> in and the depictions. Yeah, and I think that this, you know, is a tragic tale in a lot of ways for Danny. I'm, I don't have much sympathy for Jim Williams. And I got to say, I got to say also kind of like my Rex Harrison comment for My Fair Lady, I cannot stand Kevin Spacey. I'm one of the few people in the world who does not think he's a good actor. So, you know, I, I, you know, he was actually perfect in this part, though, in the movie. He's just slimy enough. And, you know, he's not really likable. But um, I think that in American history, the treatment of homosexuals, the the killings of homosexuals, the brutality, you know, I, I think that that's something that that hasn't been discussed as much as probably some of us would like. It, it's it's there's still shame involved, and there, like you said, you know, the 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 community is is fearful of its rights being stripped away and that kind of thing. And and I think talking about this book, uh, which set in the 80s, written in the 80s, that seems like a long time ago for a lot of people. That was when I was, you know, I went to college in 1981. You know, I mean, this was my youth. This was my young adult time period. And I lived through America's, you know, time period of, of really treating homosexuals and transgender people in just horrific ways and that's still going on in a lot of ways so i think it's even though it is set in a particular time with real life situation it's still relevant today to have these discussions and i think we could do something interesting with that perhaps right as i mean far the title as, alone yeah uh, yeah the title alone yeah i know the, ti- the title alone i think could lead to a lot of interesting art 
Yeah. And I was just about to say that, um, you know, in so far as selecting a passage that could stand alone and having people feel comfortable submitting inspired artwork, this is a very rich book to draw from, from the title to the themes to just the the style of writing and the visuals that you get in this book it has it all that's it that's all i gotta that's say a good selection. <laughs> um yeah okay uh, would it be easiest when we go into our recording next time to start whittling those down then yes um, yeah, I, I am intrigued by several of your choices and would enjoy talking about those or creating about those. Right back so. at you. Yeah, per yeah. usual. So join us next time when we further our discussion of potential nice books this year and their selected passages. Woohoo! Very good. All right. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> this has been At the Roundtable with Alice and Sarah E. of Community Education Arts. Our nonprofit organization is based in Noblesville, Indiana. You can find us online at cearts.org. We'd like to thank James Weston for writing our intro music and for his technical savvy. Join us next time at, at the, the Roundtable. Table.